0: This is a awesome conversation that I was dying to have with Rhea Ross, who is the head of community at BombBomb, which is a company that I am weirdly obsessed with because they're doing everything right. They have this perfect magic triangle of evangelism, category design, and community happening. And while we talk a lot to the entrepreneur here, really, if you have a gift that you want to put out into this world, you don't have to go through the entrepreneurial right. You can also... ...work for an awesome company that gets the right people in the right seat of the bus. And Ria was able to find this at BombBomb. So we dove into how she found it, her journey, what it feels like to work with someone like that... ...and how to get the most out of your team's efforts when you're working there. I think it's going to be really, really valuable to you if you are looking for your right place... ...your right seat on the right bus. And we're back! Today we are doing live shows again... We're going hard season five at doing live shows every single week. That's going to be season five. It's going to start airing in two weeks here on the podcast, but you can join us now if you connect with me on LinkedIn or you just go to the show notes. You can register for the show right now. We are doing this crazy Harvard Business Review article came out about how medium-sized businesses are being left behind, and I think it's a bigger symptom of a root cause that is affecting the entire economy. We're talking about those issues today, but moving forward, we got some great shows. Next week, we are getting with Brad Witcher from Seal Shield, who is a monster at trade shows and his company is a monster at trade shows. So, how to execute at trade shows, how to win big at trade shows. We got some organizational storytelling workshops with Andrew Cardi coming up. It's a bunch of really, really good stuff. So, register right now for the live shows. Be there two weeks before it comes out on the podcast and be part of the show. Without further ado, enjoy this awesome conversation with Rhea Ross and go connect with her on LinkedIn. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if... You can unlock the power of having a community around your business. Then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community? When you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue. That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable. How to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you. If you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy, this show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. Good morning. Good morning to you, Ria. How you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty fantastic. I'm so excited for us to stay connected and talk today. I just spent like two hours trolling your content on LinkedIn. It's great.
0: So what do you think? How am I doing on LinkedIn?
1: (laughs) Well, you're a hell of a lot more consistent than I am. And I really like so the length of the content that you blast, I really appreciate. You, I will reiterate, are the only person that I have watched a nine plus minute video on because the whole thing was packed with value. And what I really appreciate is your content gets down to the root of what it means to build relationships in a professional setting. And what's crazy is that we even need to talk about things like this because the art of human-to-human authentic interaction has been completely lost in this digital age. Where would we be without our Pablos?
0: <laughs> that is, uh, that's really incredible feedback. I really appreciate that. That's cool. That's cool. I feel like I, I it, it's one of those things where you, you beat this drum for a really, really, really long time. And then it starts to make some sense as far as what the value is to the rest of the world kind of thing. Right. And it's just been like a, it's been like a six, seven year kind of journey for me on, on that whole thing. And really a three year journey of just going all in on it. So it's really cool to, to receive that kind of validation and, it's why I love the internet, right? Like it's like, if you, if you couldn't, if, if we weren't all able to produce video content and audio content and written content and share it and have like these avenues so that I can meet somebody like you that is obviously awesome and doing great things and have that thing validated and, you know, and have this conversation. I, I just think the world is so much freaking better because because of that ability, right?
1: yeah. And also it's really cool how many, I I don't like the term like-minded because I feel like as human beings, we try too often to seek like-minded people. Mm -hmm. We don't commonly seek diversity and teach tolerance in a professional setting. But when I say like-minded, I mean, forward-thinking, challenging people who say, the age of automation has a purpose, but it is not our end-all be-all. We need to focus on the human-to-human interaction. And I think in one of your pieces of content that I watched, uh, it was either you or somebody else talked about... It was so good, Pablo. I had to bring it up. And now I'm drawn a blank. I- Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs>
0: I'm, uh, I'm just I'm just impressed you're paying any your attention in any way. So I think it's cool. I'm sure we'll get back to it. So I listen, I, I completely agree with you, right? Like I that's why to me what you guys are talking about at this like human-centered communication, it's this wider umbrella of what you're talking about, this human-to-human thing, right? Like it's the basis of why I think this whole woke capitalism, conscious capitalism, you know, movement is happening, because I think that we had I think it all comes in cycles, right? Like we are, we live we live through cycles. Last time that a whole generation awoke to this idea of we don't all have to be jerks was somewhere in the 60s, 70s, whatever, the, the hippie generation. And I don't know when it was before that 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 happened, but that got quelled by this overarching current of historical data and past experiences and everybody told to shut up. Except for a couple that did okay, right? Like the Ben and Jerry's, the Steve Jobs's of the world, even though he was kind of a jerk, and and then and then now I think as we as we get back into the cycle of understanding that doing it the right way doesn't mean beating the hell out of somebody else for your own favor. There's just too much interconnectivity of this, right? There's too many. Anybody else that's like, no, 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 wait a minute. I I know I, I happen to have experienced a much better way of doing this, and I don't agree with that crap, and there is some past precedence, and now there's all this present evidence of it working, and it working like this, and there's people beating the drum, and it's like, if it weren't for the breakdown of barriers of sharing information, we wouldn't be able to... All of us like minded individuals come together and fight this like tide or whatever, whatever current that historically didn't allow us to build relationship first kind of companies.
1: Yeah, totally. And it, it kind of makes me wonder if we have been given a very violent shove into this age of dehumanized automation and digital pollution because we have access to so many things. And although our brains have electricity and all of these different neural connections and neural transmitters coursing through it on like a millisecond to millisecond basis, we can't keep up with all of the information that we're absorbing. It's overwhelming. It literally changes our brain chemistry and decreases levels of dopamine and serotonin. And then- we lose motivation to be able to authentically take the time to connect with people. And then that becomes overwhelming. Wait, you want me to be seen. You want me to communicate authentically and transparently rather than just automate out these email sequences and do voicemail drops. So I can just hit my end end all goal. Right. (laughs) Exactly. It's the worst. worst. And so the, it's funny that's a movement now But starting to see all of this content pop up on LinkedIn and coaching people on how to be more authentic in a professional setting, return on relationships. I adore that you're even teaching that. This is how you build authentic relationships in a professional setting. Because ultimately, all a company is, is a conglomerate of human beings. It's it's where the magic's at. (laughs)
0: I love it, man. I love it. I think we can. I think we can nerd out high level of like preaching this stuff from the hilltops all day long. What? What? How did you? how did you end up at BombBomb? Like, what's your? What's kind of your? What's your background and journey?
1: Oh wow! I worked in the professional music industry for the majority of my adult life cool. for free, and uh, the last gig that I had, which was a paying gig, was mm-hmm. on tour with a band called Blues Traveler.
0: Okay, I don't. I do Blues Traveler.
1: Yeah. And I called them my bro dads because, you know, they were all or they are all older than me, but just the most thoughtful, communal people. I they did really great care of me. Amazing experience. But being on the road is exhausting. It's lonely. You work 24 seven. Everything is hurry up and wait. And I had just started dating this fella who is now my husband. And I was like, man, I am lonely on the road. You know, you meet so many people, but there's not a lot of authentic connection. And he was like, you should apply for this place called Bomb Bomb. And I was like, is that even a real company? Yeah. <laughs> who would call our company Bomb Bomb? But I did. I went through their interview process over the phone. And then here I am four years later. Like, and I actually found my calling because my whole life, I thought that I was supposed to be the person that empowers the people that influences the world. Mm. And and that meant supporting the A-list final in the music industry who are standing on the stage in front of tens of thousands of people. But it's not that. Empowering the people that influence the world are supporting and being the first follower of you. And other human-centered people, people who are looking to build those authentic connections and speak truth to how things can work out for both people, treating humans like humans. So that's that's my journey.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Were you you already in Colorado? Are you in Colorado now?
1: No, we live in Salt Lake City, Utah now. Ah,
0: so that's why you said good morning, because you're on West Coast. Or or is that mountain time?
1: It is mountain time.
0: Okay, Ah, cool, cool.
1: Yeah, awesome. Where are you at, Pablo?
0: I'm in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: Florida.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the um, I don't know. Are you are you familiar? Yeah. So it's like so it's so I'm a I'm a quintessential Miamian, right? Like I was born in South America. I grew up in Miami, uh, and um, after college, you know, went to University of Florida. After college, went to California. Came back to Miami. Kind of like built up a whole philosophy around how you business develop based on like adding value to people. Right. Like I, I started when I, when I moved back to Miami from Cali, I volunteered to start a young professionals group for Habitat for Humanity. And that kind of like got me on this like parallel track in my life where I got on the board of multiple charities and I started different young professional groups. And then I got like, you know, super involved in the community. And then I realized that this whole like being really involved in the community develops all these like soft skills and all this like network and all this value aggregated thing that then turned me into a business developer. And I didn't shut up about it until um, somebody gave me a shot to come up here and be part of this like startup for e-commerce sellers and, and, you know, moved to Jacksonville like three years ago and freaking love it here. Right. Like it's like totally over-delivered for me in every way, but it's like, uh, to me, it's, it's Orange County, California, like 40 years ago. Like It's just like really nice beachfront lifestyle with big markets close by and cool road trips and like really nice uh, attachments to the natural environment with a, you know, socioeconomic demographic that's probably going to get rich off of real estate within like one or two generations down here because I think it's so, it's so good that's
1: fine oh that's my awesome. gosh yeah. we were actually looking at florida too we can get a house that's like double the size of what we just bought yeah or less than what we paid we're like and it's a brand new build yeah. on like yeah. five yeah. acres we're like oh my god let's move to florida
0: <laughs> yeah no setting of decks and all the things right I and mean, now like you know all these like macroeconomic tailwinds are all really coming to roost because covid accelerated everything by like about right. so
1: now yeah. it's getting really interesting so, so Pablo, I, yeah. I have a question for you. Cleats. I did listen to a couple of your podcast episodes, like your intro ones, my which... rap
0: ones. Did you listen to my last calls?
1: Yes. <laughs> I listened to your rap ones. Are you kidding me? I was like, I literally, it was like in the morning before my husband left and I turned it. I was like, how do this? <laughs> 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 Cause that took some guts and it was fun. I literally laughed. That was wonderful. Um, awesome. So I know a little bit about your journey, but what I wanted to ask you is thinking back, what was your like moment of bravery where you said, I I have to speak up about this. I have to grow the skill of sharing my voice because this is what I believe in.
0: Oh, I don't know if I have like a, a specific moment of bravery, but I do have like a path to how I got here, kind of thing, right? Like, I, I I would say that my the big pain that got me kind of on this journey was being completely pigeonholed in my career, right? Like the I was in construction for a long time. I moved to Miami. started construction consulting company, like a green building consulting company. Went in house for my biggest client as director right of sustainability. And a couple of years in, leadership had changed over a couple of times. And you know, I didn't really like leadership. And, and and I was I was just like pigeonholed as like hippie green guy that can make a good presentation, whatever, right? Um, the the big, big aha moment for me was so so first one was somewhere around like 32, 33. As I started ascending through this world of nonprofits and getting in, like, the rooms with people on the boards of charities, I realized that being Mr. Funny Guy, East Ventura, frat guy, um, will only get me so far in love, right? Like, and it was really not about trying to be the coolest guy in the room. It was about trying to make people feel like the coolest person in the room for me, right? Like, that's my gift. And uh, and using it to serve as opposed to selfishly, right? And, and it was, you know, this aha of, like, you need to provide value to people, and that's how it goes. And then, you know, the, the big aha moment on community was my brother struggled with pancreatic cancer for a couple of years, passed away. And when I had this like out of body experience at his funeral where like 1,200 people showed up, and, and I'm like looking around, I'm just like, man, I've never really been like, it's been a long time since I feel proud to be part of the Catholic Church. And right now I'm just realizing that what it really is, is this community that I'm a part of. And I can never leave this no matter what I feel about the Catholic church, because community is so valuable. And it's made these last two years, you know, so much more bearable. And it's making this moment so much more bearable. And if that's the greatest value that there is, then how is there not a business model around this, which is kind of what I was doing with the nonprofits and 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 then the reticular activator hits, right? Like the whole like, oh wait a minute, if I get a Harley Davidson, I can't go get a different brand of motorcycle because I lose all my friends, right? And you know, right? So 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 recognizing that, okay, organized religion is a virgin of that business model. Harley Davidson's been doing this. Then I started just recognizing it in other places, um, and and then I had this moment where I got invited to speak. On, I didn't, but my CEO got invited to speak on a panel on stage. On a, on a stage in front of the Economic Development Council of Miami, I, he doesn't want to go. So I show up and like I share the stage with like, the head of Latin America for Cisco Systems and the head of the Smart Cities Initiative for the World Bank. And when I come off the stage, there's like seven people deep wanting to talk to me. And I'm like, dude, I'm a loser at my company. Why are all these people wanting to talk to me? And I realized that like the value of a stage is this like giant validation mechanism because of how the brain works, right? When you're in the audience and you see someone on a stage or on a video, right? Or on a podcast. and because I was guilty about association with other people on the stage, it just magnified that. Right. So I used that trick instead of like trying to get on more stages. I used that trick to start doing events for developers, putting them with like politicians with the boards of nonprofit on, on the boards of nonprofit about stuff that they care about. That made me a business developer. And and then the big, the big courage moment was when I got offered the opportunity to come up here and be part of the startup. Um I was literally running away from a hurricane in Miami. Came up here and spent like two days holed up in a in um in my friend's house with his friend that had this startup. And like, you know, pre-hurricane anxiety means you're just like drinking and cooking for like four days. And um, and in like talking about it, I'm like talking about all this stuff. He's like, Man, I really like this. I want to pivot my my company. You know, what would it take to get you to like quit and move up to Jacksonville? and and that was like that was like the rubber meets the road moment of like can i pull this thing off on a different scale that isn't a local market that isn't a city that i'm from where i'm like the quintessential demographic of the city and and whatever right like so so that moment the courage there really just came from a deep pain of not wanting to of like looking at my boss and seeing that she was just like dude my income hasn't really changed in 15 years. And I was like, Dude, I can disappear for five then. Who cares? Right. So, so, you know, looking at that and then this idea that it was like, right. That was like end of 2017. I had just started listening to Gary Vee and, and I heard Gary Vee say something along the lines of when you really want to grow, the people around you have different incentives than you've Right. Like people around you that love you want you to be comfortable. If you want to grow, you need to make yourself really uncomfortable. So you can't take that advice. And it was like the first time that I ever had my dad be like, dude, this is not the move. And I was like, cool, but I'm still gonna do it. You know? And you know, like once 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 I once I went out on that limb, it was just like whatever right like that the year in the in the in the startup my thesis worked but wasn't the right partnership i was like already out on the limb i'm like all right break this limb off and figure it out on the way down kind of thing right but like at that point once you once you get out there i guess it just gets easier when you're when you're flapping in the wind yeah (laughs) Yeah. so i don't know did did that answer your question i feel like that was way too long of of a of a story
1: no, it was not way too long of a story at all. After yeah. all, this conversation was just about getting connected, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, For sure. So two quick things. The first yeah. is, I don't know which mic you're using, but sometimes it gets scratchy and your oh, audio yeah. doesn't completely cut out, but it like meets yeah. it a little bit.
0: Okay. Good to know. That's the first time i had that be Yeah.
1: Just like, a yeah, it wasn't the whole time. Um, just want to make sure that if you record any parts of you talking that people can hear you okay. because you have really good stuff to say, but second, has your experience been after taking that initial leap, you, you just can't go back. Like you can't go back to being comfortable. You Correct. just like wave forward motion and challenge.
0: I think that that is a, that is a constant push and pull. Until you find product market fit, you know, like it's, it's very, for me, um, it's been, it's been a really tough two years of, you know, like the first 2019, when I, when I left the the company, I was just like, I'm just going to figure it out kind of thing. I said, like, a, you know, like that was, that was really, really difficult. And the idea of going back to work, someone was always very present, right? Then like 2020, I got my first big contract and I just dedicated myself to that. And as it worked more and more and more, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing, right? Like as a service. And then this last year has been like, how do you, once you have that, that success story and you have the you know, you have the thing that proves, look, this can work kind of thing. And, and, and undoubtedly with a $150 million company that is, was trying to figure out how to do this for a long time and couldn't figure out how to, how to make it fit. And he's become one of my best friends. And I'm like, you know, I'll have the biggest man crush ever on this company. The, the, the whole, the whole kind of, how do you build a business around it has been this, these moments of like big, super amazing wins and and then immediately back to like more of a means and in those kind of like regressions of just like nope you didn't just hit a home run you just got another base hit kind of thing and you got to keep doing this there's always this like self doubt of am i am i good enough to to really make a living espousing and living my own bullshit you know what i mean like and 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 i say i say it in a and like I really believe it it's true but you know from the outside in it's just like this is just machinations that are happening in your head that you're you're creating into the world and are you really are you really that good to be able to do this or should you just go apply some of this stuff that's really really good into a company that's already you know kind of like partly there and doesn't have the entire burden so the the answer is it would be really hard to go back to to not just being the unbridled me at 100% of the time all the time and yet it's really tempting often for <laughs> whatever that's worth right
1: yeah yeah H-
0: have you have you ever like what's your it it seems like you are in a place that and and this is kind of why i've been so stalking-ish of Bomb Bomb, right? Like <laughs> like John Reggie and am I pronouncing his name correctly? Yes. Okay. Rigi and and Ethan and then you and like the people that I meet are it's it's really obvious. Like I have I have no insight into the founders or whatever, right? Like I, I don't know about them at all. But like to me when when you show up with the quality of people like you three that I've gotten to interact with some right this is my first time actually talking to you, but like like it's obvious that it's an obviously really high caliber of people, which to me says that at the top it must be really really high caliber of people that can attract this kind of talent, and the culture is perfectly executed in a way that feels like everybody is on a mission, not just not not just on a not just building a business and and, and whatever, right? So like, what does that feel like? <laughs> like, how's it feel to be part of something like that? Or 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 am I am I describing it accurately? Like is when you are working there, is it tangible that this is different than a typical working environment? Am I just not educated in the world of like Colorado Tech? Is it like that everywhere? Or, you know? <laughs> uh
1: I, I would say that Bomb Bomb is definitely a one-of-a-kind experience to work for. I have never worked at a company like BombBomb before. And it's because the the founder and the president, Connor McCluskey and Darren Dawson, mm-hmm. created Bomb Bomb to literally rehumanize the planet, starting with a professional setting. So everything about the company for the last 15 years now, that bomb had its 15-year anniversary in November. For the last 15 years, the company has found unique ways to humanize the dehumanized in their community in Colorado Springs their employees, their customer base, their processes, everything is about bringing humanity back into our interactions with each other. And now, since Ethan Butte and Steve Passanelli, our chief evangelist and our chief marketing officer, co-wrote the book, Human-Centered Communication, their second book together, it is a whole different animal. It's taking rehumanizing the planet to tactical strategic processes and bringing in people from the outside like Jaco from winning by design. We've got Shep Hyken. We've got scientists, sales professionals, all of these people coming together to say what you're saying. There is a better way for us to all succeed. And it's by something as simple as being a little bit more human towards each other and making our processes a little more intentional. And that has ignited this passion within the company. And even our hiring process, we want to make it as human as possible. Both of our recruiters say, even if we don't hire or if somebody doesn't get hired, we still want them to work here because their experience was so great. We don't want it to be just another automated rejection. We want them to know we still value you. We just don't have a place for your skills right now. But that doesn't mean don't try again. And it's great because we've got 150 employees at the company. All of them have a common goal and all of them are so different in how they achieve it. And I think that's what makes the company so passionate is there is tolerance there is acceptance. There is this communal environment and yeah, it's, it's a one of a kind experience to work there for sure.
0: Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on instagram twitter linkedin whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there i'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson it'll be adding value to their life and while you're at it go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already Hit five star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just gotta hit five stars if you want to leave a review. Cool, and maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. That's awesome, man. Like, listen, I'm I'm just on this kick of identifying companies like this because because what I hear in all of them, it's great. Pro- you know, the hiring process. There's first of all great processes throughout, right? That create clarity and allow you to. Understand what seat of the bus you're on and how to operate that seat, right? Like, and and it kind of starts with. Th- there's always there's always a lot of thought put into the hiring process, and then the other thing that I'm seeing is that they're always like really evangelizing something, right? Like it is it is mission driven, right? So yep. you know, totally different business model and scale but one of uh, one of my clients is this like infection control company and they're just all completely behind this idea that way too many people die from infections they get at hospitals that they didn't show up with and like solving this is a major you know like it's a it's an easy win for everybody for the american healthcare system and for the patient experience and for humanity in general um and everybody's had some kind of like experience with that. So totally different model, right? Not really marketing led, mostly sales led, events and 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 whatnot, but you feel you feel the camaraderie behind I call it having like a bad signal, right? Like if you can if you can just throw up the bad signal for what you believe in, then the people that people that believe in it are gonna congregate around it and it and it leads to great talent. And it leads to camaraderie and, and, and a, like a clarity of purpose that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do myself. <laughs> right. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and one thing that I really appreciate you said is the bus analogy of like, you've got a seat on the bus. And of course, you know, BombBomb Bomb is simply 150 employees who have one goal and they're all working to achieve it differently which means not all of BombBomb's processes are perfect. We do have some broken things and there's always room for growth. One of the things that I love most about that company is that if you want a different seat on the bus, they have a way to help you grow into that. For example, I started at BombBomb as a BDR and like, for anybody that has done any type of sales prospecting, my heart goes to them because being a BDR and prospecting, it is so sucking. It is so hard and dehumanizing. So I started as that didn't like it. Thought about going back on tour and then I and this was like a month into me working at Bomb. I was like, I can't do it. And then I met this man named Donovan Steinberg. He is the director of customer success. Donovan's like, well, instead of going back on tour, if you don't want to, why don't you just like shift over into the customer success department? And I was like, oh, that's an option. So then I started as a care rep, then graduated to a customer success associate, then graduated to onboarding manager, then enterprise onboarding manager. And now I manage BombBomb social media. So I get to share the heart and the passion of our company with the rest of the world. And in each one of those roles, aside from the BDR, I loved all of them because the company or the leadership, I will say, not the company, the people that they put into leadership say, here are your skill sets. This is something that we can use and our customers can leverage. And we want to grow you into this opportunity. They just need to know that you're interested. Mm -hmm. So... That is another thing that I just love about working there.
0: Are they are they using personality assessments to do that? Or is it some other way?
1: Uh kind of. All right. Full disclosure. Yeah. Not my favorite personality assessment. It's not nearly as accurate as the big five or the ocean personality assessment. Okay. But it's called the Enneagram.
0: Oh, okay. Boston- so they, yeah.
1: Oh, they are all about the Enneagram. So everyone knows their number. And that has been a challenge in itself that leadership has reminded all of us a few times is do not get lost in your number. This is not your primary identifier. This just helps you understand how to communicate with other people. That is what it's there to do, which is great. But yeah, so it's like, oh, you naturally have, have these strengths. You're growing in these skills. What do you think about this type
0: of position? Got it. Got it. Yeah. When I say so, the other thing that I'm, I think, I think that brought me into all of this, right? Like the thing that made me feel like, okay, I do belong in marketing, is uh, is category design. Mm. When, when I when I say how. First of all, how up on category design are you like personally? Like, have you like res Play bigger? Do they talk about category design at BombBomb? Like t- tell me, tell me what your kind of like understanding of it is and or like affinity to it.
1: Yes. Working under John Ruggie, cause he is our VP of marketing. I know all, that's not true. I know enough about category design to be dangerous with it, but BombBomb actually offered the book, a copy of the book to everybody at the company that wanted to learn what they were working on next, which is
0: releasing this category. Hmm. Interesting. What, before he got there, was that, because I know, you know, I talked to him. He's like, yeah, everybody got the book and we've got this movie coming out and that's the lightning. St-. So you guys have like planned multiple lightning strikes, right? The book and then the movie, right? Yeah. Um, before that initiative, right? You've been there for four years. Yes. Was, was category part of the conversation or was that something that, when when ruji showed up that's like all right this is the initiative we're gonna we're gonna do this thing.
1: my memory recall ruji brought the heat he yeah. was the one who was like all right you guys want to change up the game and we're doing category design <laughs> yeah.
0: so i would i would imagine that that must have been like a leadership decision so you know some in the c-suite somebody was just like category design is what we're actually doing here and or they were probably doing it from the beginning right like Intuitively or not, and then went out and got the guy right, like <laughs> got the the starting pitcher of Category Design and brought him in, and then made that like a whole initiative. That's interesting. And the whole like the whole evangelism of it, right? Like like I know that like Ethan explained it to me how like evangelism, Category Design, and community all go together, right? And I haven't I haven't gotten off that right. Like that's now my like yes, this is what I believe. How does it fit into your community kind of concept, right? Because you're, you're, you're social media, but you're also like organizing community and, and, and it's an initiative as well, right?
1: Yes. What a loaded question. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's break that question down.
1: You asked me how category design works with social media and also me trying to build a community.
0: Correct. Yes.
1: So a part of my scorecard, thanks to John, is I need to build my own brand. And when I interviewed for this role, I pushed back on Steve or him and Steve Passanelli because I was like, I, although I'm like a high neurotic, big extrovert, love to meet strangers, I do not like being seen. I do not like being in the way of other people's spotlight and other people's success. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if people see me, I take that from them because I have such a loud personality. And what John and Steve challenged me with in that interview was people need to hear from you. It doesn't matter if it's one, it doesn't matter if it's many, you have value to provide to people. Mm -hmm. So they challenged me with getting in the way of myself and allowing myself to be seen. So that's why I'm building a brand is because I'm like, I know how to present pretty well. Clearly. And I've got almost 10,000 personal video messages under my belt. So I know what works over the last four years. Why not share that information? And then with social media, God, it is so hard to exude Bomb's personality on their social media pages. Okay. Uh, it makes, it literally gives me headaches at the end of the day sometimes because I'm just like,
0: Think, How do I exhibit it's it's hard to listen? I, I think it's it's hard in general. Even I too am a performer, I too am someone that can soak up all the oxygen in a room without even thinking about it, right? Like and I'm very self-conscious about it as well. <laughs> um but it's really hard to it's really hard to manufacture human personality without somebody on the other side of the camera. <laughs> yeah, like this is way easier than. All right, after this, I gotta do my Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just way easier than you know. You feel so douchey doing this, and I don't know if it's like I I I don't know because it's funny, man. Like I like I was on the beach about a year ago with my best friend, who's like a big time corporate attorney. So like to him, social media is for losers. And somebody was on the beach filming themselves, doing something like, oh man, influencer life. I was like, well, how do you know that that person doesn't have a company that they're shooting marketing material for right now? Cause they're trying to drive an ad campaign. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we've, we've shamed people into thinking that this, that this thing is douchey, but we all stop and look whenever there's like a full camera and lighting set happening next to us to see who's on TV. Yep. So it's a weird, it's a weird disconnect. And I wonder how much that plays into it versus just how hard it is. Cause it's also hard to public speak. And this is a new form of public speaking right
1: yeah for me it is an overwhelming concern of misrepresenting the company mm. because what i'm doing on bomb bomb social media pages is i'm exuding my voice regardless of where i'm if i'm sharing other people's stories or posting product updates or anything like that it's still my personality that's coming through that copy and I'm just now learning how to write copy. The reason they picked me for this role was because they were like, if you want to build a brand, you have to have people that are passionate about it. And I wholeheartedly believe in human-centered communication. So they're like, all right, we've got the passion. Now we need to grow the skills. And fortunately for me, I am surrounded by a group of people that have their own unique strengths and challenge me to grow mine. Um Like Janie Conrad, she's like the secret at BombBomb. And she is one of the most creative copywriters I have ever had the pleasure of working with. So, with our email campaigns, I'll like write some copy and then I'm like, Janie, help. And she's got like crosses out, you know, on almost every line. But when the product's done, it's beautiful. And she's like, thanks for the idea. We just did some updates to make it more relatable. And there you go. So.
0: That's, so. That's really interesting to me, right? Because as I'm growing my team, I'm trying to figure out how to download the, you know, everything that I do naturally into, and everything that I've learned being obsessed with this for like the last seven years into other people, right? So like, I love the I love the the philosophy of hiring for passion and then building the skill set, right? Because I think that that's you can't teach passion, right? But like, how are you copywriting, for example, or what, what have you learned? Like, how have you learned it? Like, are you, are you, do you guys have a certain way you give feedback? Are there any like good books that you've read? Like how, how is your skill improving? And like, what are the levers you're pulling to improve that skill?
1: Great question. John told me going back to Ruji himself, cause I told him I've got a great personality on video, but my copy is just so sterile and robotic. And I was like, how do you write good copy? Cause he's great with writing and he said, yeah, he's like, you just, you have to keep doing it. You have to be, keep working that muscle. And I was like, there's no like specific tactics that you would recommend. And he's like, read books, read other people's copy and find your own voice doing it. And I'm like, all right. But BombBomb offers an education, a continuing education stipend. Mm -hmm. So I've used that to invest into masterclass. So with masterclass, Along with my peers, I'm learning about ad content, copy, storytelling, ideation, business process, all of it. So.
0: Okay. All right. Invest in masterclass for my team. Got it. (laughs) Um, That's interesting. And what else... what would you say you are like, what are the skills like you identified copywriting as like a, as like a shortcoming? What else are you kind of like, what else is there any other named skill that you're working on that you're, that you think adds to your ability to get better at this?
1: Oh my God. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) So a few things that I am not strong in the first copywriting, the second Time management.
0: Oh, God. Yeah.
1: yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. The third is being able to consistently structure out my content. Hmm. Because it's hard to be consistent. So especially with BombBomb and having so many facets of recyclable content, new things that are coming out and different ways that we need to like exude the company's brand or the company's passion as a whole. It is really hard to be consistent in providing that value. Another thing that I really need to work on is a little little bit of design. If you go to BombBomb Instagram, you can clearly tell what I have worked on because it's like mediocre at best mm-hmm. <laughs> with the imagery, but you know. That's just a part of learning. You have you to be brave role, right? enough to yeah. suck at something new. Yes,
0: yeah, totally. totally. That's interesting. Well, have you thought about, so in my, my brain goes into two different places. Number one is, man, I would love to talk to you and whoever you think is on your team as far as like everything I've learned about making consistent content online. No problem, right? Like just, I, I give that presentation in general, but like I would love to just have that, bring that value to whoever I can. The other, but the 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 main thing is like to me the main trick is planning recorded conversations, like set, like this to me is the only reason why I put up so much content on LinkedIn is because most of the content doesn't come from my brain, right? It's kind of like the lady that you just talked about that's a brilliant copywriter. She's like, great, thanks for the idea. Now I put my magic sauce on it, right? Yeah. So I think that people are really sleeping on the The idea that a podcast can be anything. And and they listen to these super highly produced podcasts by Lewis Howes, or just speaking from personal experience, right? I, I thought that my podcast would be the School of Greatness kind of thing, or or whatever. Or maybe in the corporate world, it's like, listen to like Salesforce's podcast or whatever, and think that you got to put something out like that. But recording conversations and planning for moments to interact with smart people that like there's a reason to reach out to and build a relationship. So why not also record it? And maybe you get to highlight them or maybe you get to highlight you to me is the ultimate hack. And then after that, it's just like build a system around how you chop it up and repurpose it that you can like figure out to build into your life. And, uh, and then voila, you have like unlimited content. Plus the day that you feel like also turning it on and speaking yourself, that's there too, (laughs) right? Like, I don't know. Have you thought of it that way or?
1: I have. And Pablo, I, I think I am a little too uncomfortable with being seen that way yet.
0: What do you mean? What's that word?
1: As somebody people would actually want to be interviewed by. I don't, I don't have the confidence at that level yet. Like I, you know, at this point, I'm just like trying to help people. It's like support on LinkedIn. Like, Here's the best practice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, that's so interesting to me, man. (laughs) So do you, have you ever thought about the fact that people really want to be heard? Like, like the, the idea, this, this to me was the, like the ultimate, like unlock in networking was the fact that everybody in that room, their biggest fear is not having somebody is, it's like all of a sudden finishing a conversation and not having another one to get into. So every time that I would introduce myself to somebody, I was doing them a freaking favor. <laughs> like, so, totally. so, so, in our world, your it's not even it's not even the idea of being interviewed by like like being interviewed, offering somebody the ability to be interviewed is like a it's like a wonderful like oh my god me like you're 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 giving you're walking in the door of like providing them this amazing value that makes them feel really special and makes them feel seen the last thing they're thinking about is whether you're good enough to interview them. They're just like, I'm being, somebody's interviewing me. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs>
1: well, it's, it's more along the lines of, well, in, in the heart of being human centered, it is a fear of rejection. Yeah. And it is a fear of not being able to provide them enough value for their time. Yeah. Like my following on LinkedIn is nowhere near as big as it should be for like people to feel seen in the interviews. I mean, we could have great conversations all day, but I feel like I have to do some legwork to benefit them before I'm like, can I have your time? So you can share stories on what you typically charge people to talk about. (laughs)
0: Let Let me ask you this. If you finish a conversation with somebody interesting, and you then turn around and say, Oh, I've got an intro for you. I'd like for you to meet this person. And you put him on a you put him on a group text or on an email. Do you feel like you've brought that person great value?
1: Touche, yes, I do.
0: Right? So this this idea that like if you have five followers on LinkedIn, you just introduce them to five people. <laughs> right? Like you just put that text or intro on fleek, right? Like I I <laughs> I um I think that's the reframe, right? The the reframe is this idea that you're just introducing people to who, whoever you know, and one person is enough. No, yeah. Well,
1: that one person knows another person who knows another person. Correct,
0: correct. So. It's this like systematic kind of exposure to black swans. I, 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 you know, I now I'm getting into like speaking foreign language, but like it's you know every 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 potential introduction is a potential positive black swan event that could change your life forever, because. You know, it's a and yeah,
1: that's a really good point.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. It's something to think about.
1: You know what? I'll accept that challenge.
0: Cool. I like it.
1: So if, if you're okay with it, I would like to interview you at some point so I could take some snippies.
0: Yeah. i love to be <laughs> myself. <laughs> <love that>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That'd be awesome. And like, listen, man, when I first started doing it, the. What 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 got what made me figure this piece out was that I would be at a networking event. Somebody would say, "This literally happened to me." I'm at this like event called Business Bootcamp. I'm in the back of the room. I'm talking. Some dude standing there by himself. So I'm like, "Hey man, what's up? You want some company?" Right? And like <laughs> the usual. The usual. Like just introduce yourself. Unbeknownst to me, he's he's like the keynote speaker that's going to talk, and he's got this whole like thing about like cybersecurity and cyber hygiene and i'm like i'm really a tech idiot so you say cybersecurity, my my eyes gloss but he was like (laughs) tech hygiene right like this idea of like at a certain point how dirty you are just becomes bad for your health and and i'm like oh my god that's really interesting pull out my phone i'm like dude can we record this i want to share that on linkedin the guy says like two minutes on like tech hygiene or whatever it's like oh man that's really cool ask him one clarifying question post the Post it and just be like, just met this dude. Super interesting. Talk about type cyber hygiene, right? Like that's the easiest thing ever, <laughs> right? So anyways, so yeah. So like I, I, that's, that's how I approach it every time. Like, it's just literally like, all right, man, I'm getting to know you. And then something you say is going to get shared to people that I know, and it may or may not lead to a relationship for you. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I do
1: Oh, So I I do agree with you. I'm all about highlighting and spotlighting other people. I do that a lot on BombBomb's page, but I don't do that enough on my page because I think what I've misconstrued is building my own brand as like getting me out there instead of doing something that is highlighting and empowering other people. That is a brand as well. I mean, look what you do. Every single day I see your content. You are sharing the value of another human being.
0: So. And and like, listen, man. I think your brand is part of your brand is being a giver, right? So, like, yeah. you know, hundred percent. I think it's cool.
1: Well done, you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that we were going to talk about that, right? Like, I was just. I literally just wanted to find out more about BombBomb, Bomb, but like, I don't know. It just makes sense, right? Like, I I I suffer from the advice monster too, right? Like, I'm I'm a dude. I mansplain stuff, but like, I, I feel like when there's value to offer, you throw it out, there, right?
1: So I know we're coming at time, and I wanted to ask you, since what started this conversation was your like of human-centered communication. I know you mentioned that you also received the book. What about it intrigued you enough to start reaching out to Bombardiers?
0: So so no, my 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 love of category design is what got me to Bombardier. Bomb. Right. Like I reached out to I reached out to John and then I started kind of paying a little bit of attention. And you know, like I anytime I'm like working on a POV or something, like if I have a breakthrough, I'm like sending it to him to be like, dude, what do you think? Right. Um, so so I was doing that. He literally reached out to me, was just like, Man, we got this book coming out. I'm trying to get Ethan on podcast. Do you think it's good for your platform? I'm like, hell yeah, dude. This is right in line with what I'm doing. Talk to Ethan. Um, and as I'm researching Ethan in order to have him on my podcast, I'm like, digital pollution, this is genius, right? Like I'm just like, (laughs) because, so John had told me that they identified the villain as digital pollution and I hadn't really fully processed it. But then when I saw it in like relation to like, what's, what's happening, I'm like, this is freaking genius. Like, I love this. And, and then I have Ethan on and Ethan, like Ethan literally just like. It's, it's really cool how Ethan self describes the job of the evangelist is literally try to help as many people as you can and don't act, you know, without asking for anything. And that's how he shows up. So I don't know. And then, and then I don't know how you and I connected, but immediately it made me want to cheer for you. And uh, it's been a, it's, it's been a people story. Like I, answering your question so that, so that there is a soundbite behind it, right? Like, um, I love the concept of human-centered communication as a intuitively beautiful category design. And because I saw the masterful languaging around something that people don't verbalize enough and completely echoes with everything that I believe and what I espouse, it made me, it, it made me dive in further. So, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it is, it was the bat signal that you threw up that attracted me, you know, like that simple.
1: I love that. That's so, excuse me.
0: That's
1: so awesome. Yeah. And the, the way that it's exuded in the book, like digital pollution is, I mean, you feel that pain and it gets you pumped up because you're like, there has to be a solution to this as human beings. We are the problem. That we are experiencing. So, therefore, we can change what the solution is going to be. And we had no idea that this category was going to, I mean, of course, category design is all about like blowing it up, right? But how it caught fire once, as you said, people understood what the villain actually was that type of digital pollution. And our work is only just beginning. And it is amazing to have the opportunity to connect with people like you who are challenging and forward thinking and truly human centered. Like it sounds like jargon at bomb because we say it all day, every day, but that's our own little bubble. So,
0: <laughs> Hey man, listen, uh, right back at you, right? So the bat signal was the category design. And then the honey that made me stick is the people, right? Like you're awesome. You show up. Amazing in in LinkedIn as somebody that serves and somebody that cares for people and 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 the way that you're right like that personality's out there, John and and uh, and Ethan show up the same exact way, right? Like it's um, I think that there's nothing more valuable than building a team full of people that people want to be around. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Yeah. It's, 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 that's it, man. There's nothing more to it. So I'm super pumped that we got to connect. and You know, like consider me an ally, right? Like, let me, whatever, whatever I can help it. Oh, literally before this call, I was like, you know what? Is- Isar, my business partner, I'm like, we need to just start subscribing. Like, we need to start using Bomb Bomb Like, this is ridiculous. I talk about these people too much. Like, we need to start using them. So so we just booked the demo today. So, well, so, so you can attribute an entirely super long sales cycle of three of your most talented people for one account. For a company of <laughs> eleven people. So just put that in the KPIs. <laughs> if you need
1: anything when it comes to video, don't hesitate to reach out. And also sure. I wanted to say you may not work at Bomb Bomb, but you are absolutely a part of the fold. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Happy yeah. I'm happy. In, uh, yeah. I'm i I'm a junior evangelist in your like external evangelism program. So <laughs> for whatever. Anytime you guys need like content or whatever and you need a testimonial or or somebody to just like uh um, golf and gall over you guys, uh give me a call. I'm, I'm good at that. <laughs>
1: all
0: right <laughs> uh, sabria well have a have a us thanks for doing this man are you cool with uh is there anything here that you wouldn't feel comfortable being made into like a podcast or like a small video snippet or anything like that go for it all right deal. so use, we're gonna
1: use whatever you want
0: we're gonna use all right i'm gonna i'm gonna release the whole conversation as a podcast and uh, i'll we'll make some video snippets
1: okay <laughs> i'll send you some stuff
0: you're gonna get some quote cards with your face on them Good
1: luck. Sweet. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. This yeah, filled this my hard. soul. So me thank too. you, Pablo. Me
0: too. This is my favorite thing I got there. So cool, man. All right. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you got a bunch of value out of it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me if you reached out to our guest and let them know what you learned, what you thought about it. Everything that you need to connect with them is going to be in the show notes. And on top of that, why don't you double up and reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you. It really is why I do this, is so that I can meet awesome people. I would love to hear from anybody that you think should be on this podcast, including yourself, about how you build world-class relationships, how you create community, how you lead companies in this relationships over transactions methodology. And if you believe in that stuff, That is what we're doing at my company, Be The Stage. You can check it out at bethestage.live. But the Cliff Notes version is, we've learned that most companies know that they need to be making content and they know that they really wanna drive a community. But where do you start with that stuff? The best way to start doing that is to create an internet talk show because it allows you to create a strategic relationship with a guest one-to-one, While you create strategic relationships with the audience, one to few, and then when we repurpose the show for you and spread it out all over social media, you're creating relationships one to many. It is the ultimate relationship-driven growth engine to feed your entire pipeline, marketing team, and customer success. What companies call their go-to-market strategy can now be driven by community. If you're interested in that, Go to bethestage.live, check it out, reach out to me. I would love to create an internet talk show just for you. Now, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to take a play out of the book of one of my heroes, Christopher Lockhead, the godfather of category design, co-author of my favorite business book, Play Bigger, and my favorite newsletter, Category Pirates, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I think you should subscribe. It's the smartest thing basically in the world. Anyways, at the end of his podcast, which is Follow Your Different, he always shouts out and gives a roll call to people that he thanks, and I want to do that too. I want to thank my team at Be The Stage. I want to thank JP, who is the editor of this content, the guy that makes all the cool micro content and makes everything look cool. Joanna, who distributes a lot of the stuff. She writes a lot of the descriptions. Nicola, who is... Uh, My buddy that I've been mentoring for a couple of years out of Bulgaria, a really bright 15-year-old kid that writes a lot of the captions on social media. Marge, who is always keeping track of everything. She is the executive assistant of the dreams that all come true. Gina, who is a world-class integrator. She is our COO. She is the one that is just making all the processes happen. Whenever I say something, she designs a way to make it happen. It's incredible. My business partner, Isar, who without him. None of this stuff could be possible. That guy is the best. He's got an awesome podcast. It's called the Business Growth Accelerator. You should totally check that out. I want to thank my parents. They're my inspiration. They're the best. My family, I love them to pieces. My wife, Marta, who is my muse and my inspiration for everything. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go do it now. But before you do that, if you haven't checked out either episode 7 or episode 69, Those are my 2019 and 2020 last call tracks where I give this like rapping, talking, motivational speech over like a really cool beat. It's actually the beat that I have on this podcast right now that I had custom produced by my guy, Michael out of Russia, who's a sick beat producer. Check that stuff out. That is the origin story of my business, the origin story of what I'm up to. And it's really what I am most proud of. Episode seven, episode 69 of this podcast Hope to see you on the next one. Hit me up on social media. I love you. Don't forget relationships over transactions. That is the way that you win. It's a long game. Human beings are happiest when they're in service. So serve others and you will be able to open any door that you ever wanted. Never forget that. If you don't know how to serve others, everybody needs an extra cheerleader. Cheer for people be invested in their future. See what you can do for them. It all comes back in the long run. I really hope you reach out to me. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you achieve your dreams. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome rest of your day.